Hello, and welcome to Runway Girl Network in Conversation, a deep dive into aviation and the passenger experience. I'm RGN Deputy Editor John Walton, and today I'm in conversation with Utica de Jung, an aviation journalist at De Telegraph in Amsterdam. Utica, welcome to In Conversation. Thank you. So how did you first get involved in aviation? Six years ago, my uh, chief and editor said uh, we have the, we had that uh, rotation system and I worked then at the Financial Daily of the Netherlands. And he said, well, you've done this for a few years. Would you like to do transport and aviation? And I couldn't uh, see the difference between a touring car and an Airbus, for example. But <laughs> that's um, when I started and um, dived into the uh, aviation industry. So we're going to talk KLM today, yes. as well as its parent group, Air France KLM, the mega hub that is Amsterdam Schiphol yes. and aviation in the Netherlands. Yes. But first, thanks to our sponsor. In Conversation is brought to you by Bolteron, a Simona company, purveyor of high-performance thermoplastics for tomorrow's aircraft interiors. Next time you settle into your seat on an airplane and pull the window shade closed, consider the colour, thinness and opacity of that material, designed precisely to keep the sunlight out so you can rest. That's Bolteron. Learn more at B-O-L-T-A-R-O-N dot com. Now, Itka, in addition to being one of the Netherlands' foremost aviation correspondents, you're a registered accountant. Yes. So what are the latest numbers coming out of the Air France KLM group, and KLM in particular? Tell us about the airlines and, and what their current state is. Um, well, um, the figures came out um, a week ago and um, um, they um, booked a, a net loss, but that was an exceptional because there was a suspension problem at, uh, at, um, at KLM and they settled that. So they had to take this loss, but that was non-cash. But on an operational, in the operational performance, um, KLM performed uh, uh, very well. Um, they were... Um, they added for to 66% of um, the whole operational result, while Air France, uh, who is much bigger than the KLM, was um, good for one third of that operational uh, performance. So um, KLM is the motor between the financial uh, performance of Air France KLM nowadays. Yeah, that's that was really interesting to see. Um, and of course, there are these um, sort of accountancy issues that we, mm-hmm. that we run up at. You know, you've got the um, the sort of one time loss and the and the, the and the write downs and that kind of thing. Um, but where does this put KLM and Air France in terms of um, being in a position of strength around, um, I guess, fending off the competition and and also to develop their own um, networks and products. Yes, well, they are. Um, they performed well, but there are um, a few threats to this uh, because others perform better. Uh, yesterday, EIG, uh, the parent of uh, British Airways in Welling, uh, came out with figures, and they have uh, less revenue than Air France KLM, but booked uh, an operational result that was two times high that of Air France KLM's. So you see that, well, if you can't make it now in this booming economy, you can't make it never. So they have this result and it's quite good, but it could have been better if they did some restructuring. KLM did, but at at the Air France side, they did nothing in in the last years. And um, well, so the future is in in that sense a bit, uh, yeah, 
unsure for Air France KLM. They have to do a lot. If if there comes an economic downturn, well, their results will go down (laughs) in uh, like an airplane that's crashing, I I expect. (laughs) So so they, they are, well... They perform well, but they, everything is good. The market is good. The demand is good. Um, so there is there is cash, and they can invest a little. But it is still uh, not enough to be um, structured. Yeah, to be prepared for um, a big investment program, for example, to to uh, to buy new fleet. Um, so they're always lagging a, a bit behind. Behind, if if you compare it with Lufthansa, there the, Lufthansa is the he-man of the Euro- European um, aviation at this uh, moment. They invest a lot, they bought a lot. Air France KLM did nothing. Yeah, Delta bought Air France KLM in in that per- perspective. So there are, yeah, there are still uh, some challenges for them. In terms of those challenges, are they um, legacy cost structures? Are they um, older aircraft that need to be replaced? Is it um, the fact that they're having problems in terms of getting the yields they want because of an older uh, product? What's the what's the structural reasons behind that? Now, if if you compare it for uh, compare to the Middle East, then the Middle East they are known for their excellent service. Uh, well, they they are lagging a bit behind on that, so um, they have to invest more in their product, and they take that up very slow because there is not enough money. Yeah, this year there's a bit money, there's a little bit money, but. They they have to do a lot if if they want to step more forward to their competitors. If you know what I mean, so um, yeah, the future is is in that perspective not very bright, and it's it's about for yeah, it, it's about cost structure. And in 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 at Air France, the unions are um, are leading the company. There is uh, a big profit last year. And what did they do in, in France and also at Transavia in the Netherlands? They strike this week. So that costs already a lot of money and money that can be invested in the product or new planes, you name it. And there's also this, this investment thing on, on um, in a few years. I still don't know what what they are going to do with their fleet. KLM has no, yeah, has ten Dreamliners that 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 will be ordered, and then it's over. What 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 are they going to do? Are they buying new three seven seven three sevens? So also on their investment program, it's not clear what I really want, and I think that's also uh, there. There's also a, a financial uncertainty behind that. So um, everything comes down into um, cost, a lot of cost, because the competition is so hard for them. The, the ticket price, the ticket prices are not really up, eh? and and there are new competitors like Level in in the market. So price pressure stays there. So the only thing you you can do is eh, uh, lower the cost. And that is uh, um, very difficult for Air France KLM because of these legacy issues, particularly in France. KLM did um, a few things on on, uh, the the staff work more hours. They had disagreements 
uh, with with the staff uh, that they worked for more hours in the last uh, few years. But this year also, the staff in the Netherlands, they uh, want to have more uh, wages. So that's, yeah, in uh, the... um, uh, the KLM um, uh, boss said already, okay, that's that's good. So you see, the labor costs will come up this year. And it, it is, uh, I, I think they are praying that the oil price stays low, because if the oil price goes up further, they are immediately in, in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I mean, one of the things that my British friends say is that KLM is the regional airline of of the UK. Um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, with Amsterdam being so close to a lot of the UK, um, KLM is able to operate into a number of airports mm-hmm. there that that BA, for example, has just abandoned, and that it doesn't make economical sense to operate for for other European airlines. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of an exposure is the Brexit risk for KLM, and and what are they doing about that? KLM is very worried on this Brexit. Um, Peter Elbers, the boss of KLM, went to uh, England a few times last year to lobby for a soft Brexit uh, because the UK is the second market for KLM. Uh, I thought it was 20% of their passengers are are UK um, in in and outbound. So uh, 15% of the passengers of Skiphol is also... um, uh, UK uh, from the UK, and because EasyJet has also a big base in uh, in Skip Hall, so the Brexit is a very um, concerning uh, thing. Um, but I understood from sources that uh, that they are the Netherlands and UK are are now up to their old. Um, Airline agreement before um, the U uh, before uh, uh, the Maastricht Treaty in '92. So they had this this treaty from 1984, and that already um, in by then it was already possible to fly in in each other's uh, country without any limits. So, uh, but there's also the thing of of customs that that will be th- will be a thing in in the Netherlands as well. So. Um, yeah, for for KLM Skiphol, uh, soft Brexit, whatever it may be, uh, would be the best. But uh, yeah, we are now a small country. Um, uh, the UK was traditional, um, the Netherlands ally in 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 the whole EU. And uh, while the UK is now leaving, the Netherlands are a bit on, on their left on their own. And we are a bit a, a small country in the northwest. So. Um, I, I have to see how how this will uh, will work, but uh, on the other hand, I think well, if if they they want themselves, eh, both UK and the Netherlands want to work it out. So my feeling is that 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 the traffic will move slow uh, smoothly. That that they will find a solution um, themselves. Uh, yeah, I mean, one. I, I think we, we all certainly hope so. Um, I mean, we we are uh, hearing a lot of um, different options, shall we say, from the uh, various politicians on both sides of the channel. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yes, I mean, the, the, it seems a little ridiculous that we're nearly, you know, two years on, and we still have sort of. Well, maybe it'll work. Yeah, I I I, I stood on. Uh, I understood from sources within KLM. Well, we uh, we um, we get uh, the 1984 uh, treaty between the UK and and the Netherlands from a drawer, and we can put that on effect whenever the Brexit is happening. So. 
let's let's hope that for for KLM because and also for Schiphol because when the the Brits are not flying through Schiphol anymore, it's yeah that's that's a number that's between uh, profit and loss. Eh? This is. It's very, uh, and in that perspective, a few months ago, the CEO of Air France KLM, Jean-Marc Chaniac, he said he said in an interview with The Guardian that uh, the British market was not that important to them. And I said to uh, Peter Elvers, the boss of KLM, I said, is, is the UK not uh, important anymore to you? He said, it's extremely important to us. So you see, within the collaboration of Air France and KLM, um, without UK, KLM would be lost. I find it interesting that that your sources are saying that you know the Netherlands is able to sort of dust off its uh, its existing treaty. My understanding was that that any any relations between the EU and the UK in terms of uh, air access had to be negotiated through Brussels rather than um, through national capitals. Um, do, do your sources saying something different around that? Yes, that uh, Michel Barnier is opposing this uh, this uh, this uh, hands-on solution from uh, the UK in the Netherlands. It's it's not official, but but apparently there is contact on on some uh, levels on this. So, uh, but Brussels it does not uh, is is not um, does not agree this, but they have to figure that out as well. But uh, both the UK and um, uh, the Netherlands are willing to uh, because lending rights is still a bilateral thing. So that that could be the escape. So uh, the EU says uh, you you uh, you you can't do that, but. Yeah, um, to get in, in in the whole world, I think it's still uh, when when you want to fly somewhere, you have to negotiate on a bilateral uh, level. So, well, they have to figure that out in 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 Brussels, of course. But this is what I understood uh, from uh, from sources. It will it will be really interesting to see how that that develops over the um, well pretty much a, a year until uh... yeah but 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 but, but Michel Barnier uh, says no you can't do that yeah 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 but who is Michel Barnier in this perspective he, he is important but we have also this aviation mm-hmm. law yeah. yeah I I understood from sources that they will uh, they will f- figure this out but I don't know it's it's still. Oh yeah, it's getting darker every day about this uh, whole Brexit uh, thing and what will happen. So uh, my information is from eight 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 uh, eight weeks ago. So I don't know what what uh, what has changed uh, with that. So um, uh, yeah, it, it it for the Netherlands it's it's very important. So looking beyond that sort of twenty percent of of UK uh, either based or bound traffic. Um, what are KLM's key markets for 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 the rest of its network? Um, the U.S., China is uh, is very uh, big. Uh, from uh, Schiphol, you can fly into uh, uh, a lot of uh, destinations in uh, in China, and uh, there's also um, a big uh, network to India. They developed that in uh, the last uh, three uh, years, I think. They had one service a day, and now it's 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 adding up to to six cities or something already. So KLM is pushing forward the Indian market, and they have this collaboration, of course, with uh, Jet Airways. 
Um, yeah, they made it official in uh, November in the U.S. Of course, with uh, with Delta. Eh? Delta has a big hub in uh, in uh, in Amsterdam. Together with KLM, they operate more than 30 uh, flights a day to the to the U.S. So um, they had to give uh, two slots to Norwegian because the market power of KLM was too big on the U.S. So, um, so that that are the, the key markets. Um, at, and yeah, well, there are some destinations. Africa, of course, uh, we have some destinations who are a bit oil uh, related in in in, uh, in the Middle East and uh, Indonesia, for example, uh, because we have Shell, the big oil company. And uh, there are also some, uh, they started up uh, South America a few years ago. They have, of course, this partnership with Go and a low-cost carrier of uh, Brazil. So, um, well, they are, uh, they have expanded the network uh, impress, uh, impressively the last six years since I cover uh, Air France KLM. So what's the um, ratio between uh, originating and uh, and destination Amsterdam traffic and sort of either Europe to world or world to world um, connections? Uh, well, it's it's more than 50% is transfer because the, the, the Dutch market is, is very, uh, yeah, we are a small country and we have uh, this big skipper with uh, more than uh, 200 direct routes. And that can exist because we have this big uh, transfer point of, of uh, KLM uh, at uh, Skip Hall. And um, our, our OD traffic, um, yeah, that's that's more European. Uh, the European is, is their uh, dominance. Of course, KLM was also one of the first airlines to create a, a joint venture, um, obviously back with, uh, with Northwest, which uh, was... Uh, subsumed into delta i mean i remember growing up and seeing mm-hmm. those uh, those two-sided uh, klm and northwest uh, dc10s back in the day um so what benefits does being part of that sort of increasingly large and increasingly immunized transatlantic joint venture um with delta now with the virgin atlantic and um of course the alitalia question um plus air france as part of the air france klm group what what benefits does that bring uh, to KLM as an airline? It's the reason they are still here, I think. Without this, this transatlantic partnership, they wouldn't wouldn't be here today. This is so big and so huge for them, also in terms of revenue in routes, I already mentioned, uh, 30, um, 30 um, flights a day into the US. So that's that's immense. That, that's the revenue of this uh, joint venture is 10 billion a year i uh, i as good as i remember um so it's 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 their lifeline and uh, this lifeline is now being attacked by a norwegian um in uh, in in paris so uh, there are some some clouds at the clear sky and there were also some competition issues and the European Commission said they had too much power on uh, on these routes and um, so yeah KLM KLM's existence comes from this transatlantic partnership it's their backbone and uh, also the backbone uh, of of Schiphol through that 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I and I find it really interesting the way that um, you know Norwegian is 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 in some ways both a threat um, and and Norwegian's own issues are creating opportunities. Um, you know, I, I see pretty much every day some uh, you know leased in aircraft operating for Norwegian on these routes. They're trying to sell. Um, to uh, to travellers as a as a Norwegian operated thing with a Dreamliner that's got great entertainment, and it's you know some old A330 that they've hired in from Wamos or someone. How does KLM's brand positioning? Um, how is that changing as a result of a need to compete with uh, Norwegian? Um, and increasingly, you know, we're we're going to see more airlines like Primera Air um, starting up with. Uh, A321 Neo LRs and uh, uh, 737 Maxes to to do point to point. What's KLM's brand positioning in response to that? Well, they have to invest in the product. They say that they, um, uh, yeah, they cannot compete on price with uh, uh, Norwegian, as an example. So they have to do it on service. And that's why uh, it's a very important that uh, yeah they they try to keep up with with passenger. But I don't know if if the passenger still loves uh, a, a lot of service or loves the price more because KLM is not an, has not a first class for for instance only business class. Um, they were one of the last uh, airlines who uh, put away the flatbed, uh, who, who, who got in the, the flatbeds in, on their whole fleet. I thought that process is maybe almost finished now. So um, they are in that perspective, um, uh, the red... Um, the yeah the last of 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 the big airlines in, in uh, on 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 such service things so um yeah they say they want to invest in service but i don't know if the service is uh, if they they say they are down to earth and they are very uh, nice to the to their to their customers but uh, i don't know if that differs that much uh, if you compare it in the price difference. So it's 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 a bit a, a difficult position for them. Yeah, and I mean, of course, no airline is going to advertise and say, "Yes, we're terrible to people. Uh, our customer service is awful." No, no, but but you know what I mean? Uh, is are 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 the Norwegian stewardesses uh, uh, not doing different things than that that of of KLMs? Then in nowadays, that's that's. That's that's very difficult uh, to see. Yeah? Uh, if, even if you fly economy in in uh, with one of the legacy airlines, it's, it's not that you have that lot of room uh, leg. Yeah. The the trend is is the other way around. But KLM tries to do the best with an economy comfort, of course, and uh, to do some ancillaries. And for example, Air France KLM started June, a brand new airline that started uh, in uh, the 1st of December. And what could have been, um, they could have been um, the first um, who put Wi-Fi on their uh, planes? That would be something that would attract customers. But no, they didn't have that yet. Yeah, we are working on that. Is is what they are saying. So, they, the the world is moving very fast. But and if you start a new airline for millennials, I would expect that such a thing as as free Wi-Fi on on a plane 
that um, could bring the millennial to your plane. And yeah, now it's it's a bit yeah, it, it's an Air France plane with a with a new color, and there are some nice beers on board. But yeah. Is is that uh, one does not travel with with June because they have this uh, this uh, Parisian beer uh, on board? I think so. Um, it, it's it's again the question on is there enough money to invest? And if all you see that also on on the June project, um, the thing uh, on on passengers' experience this time is do you have Wi-Fi on board and good working Wi-Fi on board. And if you have, you have the customer. And uh, okay, you get some drinks and you get some food. But that's the distinctive thing at this uh, moment. That's how I see it. Maybe you see a difference. So um, you you see with with all that they try something, but there is not enough money to 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 do it. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think that June is I've got the the marketing for June. I mean, it's a rooftop bar, blah blah blah. I mean, it just seems it it seems like old people trying to create something they think young people will be attracted by, and actually, no one cares about your carrier for young people if, as you say, it doesn't offer Wi-Fi. I mean, this is starting to be a a hygiene issue, right? It's not a thing that you can advertise that you have anymore um, in many parts of the world. I mean, in the US pretty much every flight you'll be on will have Wi-Fi of some form. Um, Europe, of course, is much later because um, of the lack of uh, ground-based uh, solutions. But, you know, there are, you know, airlines are already, are already uh, installing Wi-Fi. And to not install it on the, the, the sort of June subsidiary, um, it is as baffling to me as it is to you. You know, I think you're quite right. If you're aiming at that younger market, you, you have to have something that isn't just, oh, yeah, we made an airline for the kids, right? I mean, it, <laughs> no no one's going to care. And and anyone who doesn't count themselves as, you know, cool enough to be like on an airline where all the staff are wearing trainers, yeah, that's going to turn people off, so, right? Um, so, so KLM is, is, uh, is, 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 is putting its brand like it's... Um, uh, down to earth, uh, you get a good price, um, uh, quality, uh, for, um, you get smooth connection at Skiphole. So that's that's how they uh, put themselves uh, in uh, in the market. Yeah. So um, um, I also think they have a really good story to tell about customer service, particularly around the many different channels that you have to contact KLM. Um, you know, you can use Messenger, you can use Twitter, you can use yeah. uh, all, all the social media options that you want. And and KLM's always been an early adopter of that. And and I, I, I kind of feel like they don't make enough of that in their advertising. Um, because part of the problem with LCCs, of course, is that it's expensive to contact them. And if you have a question that's outside, you know, what time is my flight? Um it can often be difficult to to get in touch. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's definitely a, a, a space there for KLM to, um, to 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 take in that market. Um, you know, I, mean, I think as as aviation journalists, we hear all the time. You know, Norwegian leaves passengers sleeping in airport for two days because they can't get a plane. Um, and I don't know about about whether the domestic market in in the Netherlands is something different, but I I don't recall hearing a a KLM horror story like that to the same extent. Do you? Um, no, on average, no. Yeah, last year we had uh, one a few families who couldn't travel to the U.S. because Trump had this uh, ban on uh, on seven Islamic countries. 
in a weekend. Mm-hmm. It's almost a year ago, I think now. Yeah. And some uh, five families got stuck on on skip hole, and they were for two days behind uh, customs. So that that was um, the only thing, uh, the only few times I heard such uh, such uh, such a story on KLM. Most yeah. of the time, well, they um, you can uh, pretty rely on them, I think. And also, yeah. their cost in, in in your customer contact. Well, there's they have all yeah. Um, m- most of the time, they they are uh, reliable and they invest a lot in this digitalization, in this communication, uh, with um, WeChat and pay with uh, the newest. Um, um, pay by through WhatsApp. They introduced mm-hmm. um, so it, it's it's about the customer journey. It's uh, that that it's easy to get a ticket and easy to get uh, through skip hole. That's that's where they want to um, put themselves in in the market. Yeah, yeah. So so let's turn to skip hole. Um, obviously, they have uh, you know a, a, a very good hub service. Um, but they too have just had their annual results out. What what did that say for the airport and for um, and for what its future looks like? Well, uh, there is a big problem with Skip Hall. Uh, this week, our Minister of Infrastructure said that uh, Skip Hall uh, reached its limits uh, th- this year, and uh, she won't allow them to grow them uh, further in uh, the coming three years because there are this 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 old. Um, in 2008, they, there, there are some. There was a kind of an agreement that Schiphol could manage 510,000 uh, movements, um, flying movements, and um, that limit is now reached. And for further growth, uh, flights had to be uh, passed on to the new, to be developed airport Lelystad. And this Lelystad is postponed this week. But um, the Minister of Infrastructure said that she wouldn't uh, make a temp- temporary solution for a skip hole in between. KLM is very angry at that because it weakens their position between in, 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 in the Air France KLM group, of course. And um, so, yeah, skip hole can't do anything in the coming years. And they have all these this, this investments going on in new terminal and new pier. And one thinks, for what? For what? If if you already have the the maximum of movements, and there's also um, pressure from some society, from environmental groups, that uh, Skipple should not grow any further at all. So uh, there's a big, um, a big, a big um, uh, resistance at this moment uh, in uh, in the Netherlands against uh, the airport and against aviation. The boss of Schiphol, who um, who um, will leave in a few weeks, said in his New Year's speech, "Why don't uh, does not uh, why don't the Dutch love their aviation anymore?" So if if the boss from an airport says something, it, it it's it's yeah, it was a bit pathetic, but. It's um, yeah. Everybody loves Skip Hall, but the, 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 the um, yeah, the atmosphere is 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 a bit mm, less enthusiastic on that. So um, it, it comes down of uh, everyone uh, thinks about the environment and the climate agreement of Paris, but 
um, my neighbor um, must stop with flying. That's 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 a bit the the atmosphere in, in, in the Netherlands right now. But our our political um, our parliament has to um, approve the pl- the plans for the coming twenty years on the development of aviation in Schiphol. So there are um, important years uh, of a year is is about to begin. And what it, it it's it's essential also for us for our economy. What will we do with aviation? Because the, the network of Schiphol eh, that is bigger than the own market uh, is eh, through all the transfer traffic of KLMs. Uh, it, it it attracts uh, companies from uh, from all over the world, and we now have established uh, the routes to to India. So that brings our economy, of course, a lot. But no one wants to see that anymore. So there are even uh, sounds of um, uh, let uh, skip whole um, uh, sh- shrink a bit. So it's, um, there are it, there uh, in that perspective, it's um, interesting times here. What should we do with aviation? Should should skip all grow any further? What should we do with their a uh, new um, um, airport in Lelystad? Yeah, that it was a plan that it should be used uh, for leisure traffic, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, resistance uh, by a few groups uh, at this uh, point in time. And there's also this thing about safety. This week, it, a report came out about safety on Schiphol. How can, can Schiphol grow further in 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 hey, with with the current? Um, with the, the current infrastructure, well, there are still fifty thousand uh, movements to go. But in 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 the growth of of uh, air traffic uh, for the est- estimated air, air traffic in in coming years, fifty thousand movements is nothing. So the, our polit- politicians say now, yeah, uh, they uh, the airlines should use uh, bigger aircrafts. Yeah, that's of course not a solution because. Aircraft investments at a programs who are running for 10, 20 years. KLM just bought Embraers and, and 787s. They cannot turn that uh, in a day into A380s or something. And that are big investment programs, and it's very sensitive, of course, which airplane you put on, on routes. Yeah, there's um, the, the range between profit and loss is, is, is very small. So... So, um, yeah, the government, our, our parliament uh, has to decide what we should do, but they don't have the right knowledge. Eh? If you hear such thing as, well, okay, let them use bigger planes. Yeah, said, not not uh, practical in, in, in the coming few years. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also, Schiphol is, is planning uh, a new terminal. So... I already asked the CEO, uh, why are you building a new terminal? For whom? Because Schiphol is full. (laughs) (laughs) What what are you doing? Why are you spending half a a billion on what? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We we will um, go uh, keeping up with growth. I said, are you sure? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the people will see that, that that, aviation is... uh, is very important for their economy. I said, well, I hope it for you as well. But the parliament decides, of course. So, yeah, they're on a, they're on a slippery path in, in that uh, perspective. 
Yeah, I mean, that's it's it certainly struck me that um, you know having the new terminal looks amazing, right? I mean, it's this um, very sort of um, modern, almost a sort of Le Corbusier sort of big glass front, big open, spacious, futuristic a uh, block. I mean, it, it, it looks amazing. Um, and, and you know, maybe that will um, give people a little bit of that wow factor that they uh, experience going through some other airports in the world, um, which will hopefully, you know, make people sort of uh, more appreciative of, of the, the, the benefits that aviation does bring. Yeah. Um, I understood that this terminal is good for um, 100,000 movements if, if you look at, at the passengers' capacity. But this week, a report came out of the safety board of the government that there is still room for 50,000 in the current situation. So, well, if, if you look at that, you can almost guess that the 600,000 will not be reached. But they are building now this terminal for that capacity. So it's it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's quite, there, there are a bit of, there are a few risks. And Skip Hall still, um, also in with the new terminal, they keep uh, on doing the um, one terminal concept. And on all the big uh, airports in the world, who are eh, this 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 big uh, skip hole? They have all uh, terminals on on different spots, and eh, that you get by an air train from A to B or from one to two. And skip hole still uh, wants to do this one terminal concept, and that's in 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 a logistic way not very smart if it becomes very busy because everything has to come in eh, together in one point. So a satellite terminal would have been better if you really want to grow and do it safe. So you can distract the traffic from each other. So um, i ask that again, but they are not that visionary. Also from the passenger experience point of view, um, the one terminal concept is all very well and good. Um, but, you know... I, I've experienced, you know, the, the, if you come in at one end of, of the Schiphol terminal and you leave from the other end of that terminal, it's a long way. Yeah. It's a real hike. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and look, sometimes that's nice after a uh, after a long flight. You know, I love being able to stretch my legs and, you know, there's that, that lovely outer sort of outdoor deck area, which is very pleasant. But, you know, if, you're, if your flight's delayed and you've got to, you know, really hoof it, it can be a... It can be a bit of a run through those uh, through those corridors. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's not uh, it, it's too far, I think, for for nowadays standards. So, I I think they they have the wrong strategy with this new uh, new new uh, terminal because there is already an uh, an air train thing uh, in in constructed. They only have to to lay the the rails. And uh, but the space they designated that 25 years ago already. So the space is there to put some air train there. But I asked the boss of uh, Schiphol, why don't you use an air train? It's it's too it becomes too far for your for for passengers to walk all these these distances. Well, walking is healthy, he said. <laughs> Yeah, but that's a different story. If you, as you mentioned, if you have to transfer and your plane is uh, delayed, yeah. so I don't know why didn't why they didn't do this. Yeah, I, I think it has something to do with money again. 
Well, Itika, thank you. That's it for today's conversation. Uh, Listeners, we certainly hope you enjoyed it, and we're always keen to find out what you think. Please do continue to email me at john at runwaygirlnetwork.com with any suggestions. Thank you also to our guest, uh, Itika de Jong. Itika, where can our listeners find you? I'm uh, on Twitter a lot. You can find my stories there, and of course on the website of uh, The Telegraaf. What's your Twitter username? My Twitter is at... Iteke de Jong. Y-T-E-K-E-D-E-J-O-N-G. Perfect. And as ever, you can find me on Twitter at ThatJohn and everything from RGN on Twitter at RunwayGirl and, of course, at RunwayGirlNetwork.com. If you're enjoying these conversations, please leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening.